There's so much trauma, I don't feel safe. Now what? Welcome to the Real Talk Recovery Podcast with the Therapy Brothers. We're brothers, we're therapists, and we know recovery. Bring your stories, your questions, your successes with Real Recovery. Tyler. Hey, Bob. How's it going? <laughs> Dude, it's going great, man. Just love that you showed up today. We're filming on, I mean, we're, we're recording this on Halloween. So you showed up as Bob Ross today and you made my day. So I didn't know you were Bob though at first until you showed me the little painter thing that you had on your hand. I just thought you came in looking like you hadn't showered in two weeks. Where's your costume? <laughs> I should have dressed up today. I don't, I wouldn't know what to be though. Yeah. Well, you could throw on like a hunting vest or something. Call yourself a deer hunter. <laughs> That's always an that was, easy one. That was the easy classic one that dad used to always have us do when we forgot our costume. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just be a deer hunter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So anyways, yeah, my kids were up at like six this morning just getting ready to just d- devour sugar all day long. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> should be fun. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, all right, well, let's jump into it here. So I think I, I have a feeling that we'll have a lot to talk about, so I don't want to waste too much time. So right. Heather, welcome to the show. Thank you. Um, if you want to just give us some background, tell us what's going on and we'll go from there. <sighs> I just don't know where to start, actually. So um, I, my husband and I have been married for 22 years. We've got three kids, um, 20, 17, and 14. Um, I've been with him since I was 14. Our families grew up very intertwined, very, very close. Um, how I met my husband and his family is his his dad was killed in a pilot accident when he was five in Alaska. And they moved back to Oregon, right next door to us in the apartments. And my uh, my family kind of took them under their wing. And my dad kind of became their, him and his two other brothers, like their mentor, whatever. Um, so I grew up with this family, feeling very safe, feeling like I knew them, like I trusted them. Uh, and then when we started dating, um, it was just a part of him that I had never seen before or experienced because he was a couple years older. And, um, I was like best friends with his middle brother and he was best friends with my older brother and his younger brother was best friends with one of my younger brothers. So like we're all intertwined very tight, but once that dating started, um, I just started noticing and feeling a major shift in his personality, like sides I didn't see. So basically dating it was very traumatic for me like every week it'd be like hey I went to a party and I slept with your boyfriend I grew up in a very very like strict like my mom let me do nothing so I'd have to sit at home and he'd go out and do his thing and I'd hear all these things and I would hear oh you're they're just make trying to make you jealous okay well fast forward to 22 years later, um, I feel like I'm still getting that resistance from him and that excuses and the uh, denial and like, it's no big deal. Um, But it's always been a, I can do what I want. Don't, you're not like, even he doesn't say this, but this is the vibe I get. Like, don't ask questions, just trust. And 
the first major, major, major trauma in our marriage, um, like a, I don't know, my dad was diagnosed terminally ill. And so after we got married, I had started beauty school three months later, got pregnant. My dad was terminally ill. I was working full time living with my parents because my husband was never home. I'm sorry, there's there's so many little details to our story. It is so hard to know like what is pertinent, but um, we both have significant mama trauma. And I know that that is kind of what is making both of us like put our walls up and be defensive and not be safe with each other. That's my opinion. Uh, I just feel like there's so much about him. I have no idea. I don't know anything. Uh, so my well- I don't know. What was the major trauma? You were, you were kind of getting to that. Yes. Sorry. So, um, so my husband has always up until like seven years ago, worked out of town. Like the day we got back from our honeymoon, like he was gone. Like I never saw him. We never talked like just no relationship. So during the time of my dad being terminally ill and me having to move into my parents' home because I was pregnant and alone and just needed security but they also needed help at the same time um I had nobody I had a baby I was working full-time my mom is like a child I've never had a mom uh I've always been the adult in that relationship and so I had so much on me and it just didn't seem to matter what I said or how much I needed him there like he just didn't care like there was no concern so I I stepped out of the marriage and had uh, an affair. Uh, it was not a super off. It's not me. That's not what I wanted. That's not my character. And it was, and there was no denying. There was no excuses. Like when he found out like that, good, like we're here. Like, let's no. like, I don't want that. I don't want you. Uh, and he shut me out. And six and a half years ago was when I found uh stuff on his phone and just everything just kind of blew up like he didn't want to talk about my affair and shut it down and so I kind of put my head down and I just survived I raised our kids I worked I was a wife a mom I did everything I took care of absolutely everything and there was no room for me and so I get his he's not safe feeling with me because of that but there's also the point where I'm like babe we're here I want to be close to you and connect and I still feel like you're massively pushing me back and I don't know who you are. And I know that sounds really weird knowing that I've known you my whole life, but I truly don't know like your heart, what you need, like where you're broken and I don't know how to be safe. So uh, mm-hmm. the defensiveness and the secrecy and like the feeling like he can't protect me if something comes up or like he defends other women. He protects other women. Like even if there's somebody else's wife, he protects his family. Like I've been under extreme persecution from his family over the years and he's never once stood up for me. So I just, I don't know what it is. Like he loves me. Like he says, he loves me, takes care of us and he's a good provider, but the connection, like he really struggles with intimacy big time. Mm. And I'm a, I'm a huge empath. I'm a, I have my feelers on all the time. Like my spidey senses go off, like my gut, like I, I feel so deep. That's that's a hard thing for him. So we're just, we're light years apart there. Heather, could I just ask you, you know, 
Have there been times in you guys' relationship, maybe before marriage or in marriage, where there's been a feeling of closeness or intimacy or safety or deeper connection, or has it always been this way? It's always been this way. And I, I mean, we've had good times. Don't get me wrong. Like, but the times that we've had, the, the time that he gives me is so little. It's, it's never been important. Everything's something else is always important. So I just, it's been always hard for me to connect with him or feel like we're on the same page or like have normal husband wife conversations. Like that's really hard for him. Like, why, why do you want to be with him? I, you know, I, you know, you're going to ask me this question. Um, I'm not a fake person. I'm incredibly genuine. And I, I know myself, I know that if I didn't love him and I didn't see the goodness in him and know that just like his pain is what he needs to work through to get to where he wants to be. I just, I, I don't see myself not loving him. I just feel it. I just, I crave him. I Heather question for question for you. Yeah. I can, I can feel your genuineness and your authenticity. I can feel that you are an empath. And so your uh, the, the energy that you hold and, and have is very vulnerable and your, your heart is very available and there. Um, but I guess the question I have for you and are you in this relationship more from a place of fear of the consequences of breaking it up? Or more from a place of, I actually choose in. I know. I, and I've thought about that and there's a lot of fear there, but I also truly believe that we are good for each other and we do love each other. I just truly feel like there's just such a stronghold on so much pain. I'm hoping because when he, when he, those moments are few and far between, but when he does have the ability to let that, empathy show through or the compassion or whatever and he tries really hard because it is hard for him i um it feels incredible like i know it's in there i can't see myself with anybody else and i don't know if that's just because i've always been with him or it is the fear of not i don't want to be with anybody else if i make this is what i chose i chose to be his wife and that's what i want but i just need to know if where he's at, I guess. I mean, the, the things that I'm hearing from you though, are, are, he doesn't connect. Um, he's never been there. I don't even know him. Um, it's been 22 years and I don't really even know him. Um, and so uh, there's, there's kind of a, there, there's both going on. I want him. I see his heart. I feel him when he gives me a glimmer of it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, there's all of this, like him disconnecting from you, rejecting you and pushing you away. Um, right. That's kind of where you're but at. Yeah. But is um, that because of what I did though? Like, that's where I'm at. Like, is all this pain that I've endured because of what I did? And it's just, I don't know. You blame I, yourself. <clears throat> I wonder about well, that. Yeah. Because I am blamed. I'm allowed to own that blame. Like he doesn't, he doesn't take any blame, like seriously. Um, as like I tell him, I'm not afraid of my shadow. I know I've messed up, like I'm not. But he is very afraid of his shadow and his mess ups. And 
Heather, could I, could I ask you, this is maybe hopefully going to connect some dots for a second, but um, you used the word, I thought it was an interesting choice of words when you were talking about him, that you said you love him and you care about him and you see his pain, but then you use the word crave. You said, I crave him. Like, what do you mean by crave? I, I think when I say that, I mean, I, I crave love and affection and attention and I don't think I've ever gotten the appropriate kind from him. Yeah. I wonder, I, I know that's what I crave, but yeah. I wonder Heather, as you're talking and like, we're, we're getting into this stuff in without a whole bunch of information, but you just yeah. said that you were raised in a home where you had to take care of your mother. You had to be the adult inside of the relationship <laughs> I imagine a little girl probably craved some type of safety or security or admiration from her mother. Oh, I did. And luckily I got that from my dad. We were super tight, super, mm -hmm. super tight. But yeah, it is, it is really hard. It's, it's a weird thought to say I have a mom, but I don't have a mom. I don't, yeah. I missed out on a lot of that. I wonder though, if that's something that was like, <laughs> almost like some things were learned as a child, that that's how you were going to operate inside of relationships is, is that you were going to be the one to keep it all together, do everything. And you would, <clears throat> I wonder, I guess my question is, is would you even be comfortable inside of a relationship if you didn't have to crave love from somebody? I don't know what that is. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like, it's almost like I'm, I'm chasing down this dream of being enough or being loved from this person. I am who, chasing. I am yeah. chasing. And, but I'm yeah. chasing it from a person who has demonstrated for 22 years that they don't really want to demonstrate it. Yeah. And it's almost like the addiction is to the craving itself rather than to the actual oh, connection. Yeah. No, it's, it's all consuming for me. It's this, when everything happened, like I just, I was in such a good place spiritually, like physically, like emotionally, like I was in such a good place. And I thought we were too. And I just, it rocked me. Cause I just don't know the depths of it. You know, I can't um, function. I, um, I, I, I want to come back to the affair for just a second. So, and this is really tricky because in no way can we blame him for your affair. No, you chose that. Yep. Um, but we can say that you're probably in a state of desperation and craving some connection and, yeah. and feeling really lonely. And the way you went about kind of getting those needs met, is probably not in your integrity and you're, you're no, dealing with that. And, yeah. Right. But um, I don't think, I, I think it's really, damaging or dangerous to say, well, because I did that thing now, now I'm to blame for all of this disconnect in our marriage and for him to hold that over your head. And, and the fact of the matter is, is you can absolutely make that right. And, and it doesn't mean that you have to settle for scraps for the rest of your life. Right. Do, do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and I think Tyler's really hitting on something important here of you've kind of been conditioned to be a caretaker by not having boundaries um, and by sacrificing yourself because you have that good heart um, in order to not ruffle other people's feathers like, like mm -hmm. your mom or, or your husband. Right. Yep. 
Um, and, and, and you probably, there's probably part of you that believes that that is love. That's giving love is to settle for those scraps, to hang in there with him, to not ask too many questions, to not cause too much conflict, flicked. That's love. Um, but is that love? It's not the way I love, would want to love or be loved, I guess. I don't know. Um, what would you want? Honestly, I want all the stupid stuff. I want to wake up and drink coffee. I want to talk about stuff besides surface. I want to plan our future. Like, I can't even plan our future because he's in control of everything. And I, he just doesn't know. He's so out of control and so stuck feeling. Um, but but have you brought these things up to him oh yeah okay and when you bring them up to him he gaslights and pushes you away and does all this stuff to just make you feel crazy of right oh yeah i've been no i should be in a mental hospital i'm crazy like i've heard it all like yeah i've heard it i don't think it's true but it still wears on you you know so 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 eventually you kind of throw your hands in the air and like (laughs) i'm just gonna do the best i can and is that kind of where you go? It, that's kind of where I'm at. And I just, I know my best is really crappy right now because I'm a mess. So sure. You're worn out. <laughs> I'm exhausted. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, I actually think it comes back to, and, and Heather, I want you to hear this the right way. I'm not trying to come down on you too hard, but mm-hmm. it comes, you will feel peace when you get in alignment with your in- integrity and your relationship. Your husband is act, asking you to sell yourself out in order to be in a, th- that type of relationship with him. Yeah. And so you can, you can say things all you want. Like, Hey, I want to drink coffee with you. I wish we could have deeper conversation, but it's not until you actually start to live those things and start to say, I need these things. I need, to, I need us to go to therapy. I need, I need to deal with our deepest trauma here so that we can create safety. Mm-hmm. And when he gaslights you again, when you say that, what do you do? I shut down. Right. But what, what can you do instead? Um, I can, I don't know. I'm, I don't know. I'm overly sharing with him and overly expressive with my feelings with him ever since all this. So when he starts to do that, I don't know the right thing to do. I don't. The, the, there's a part of you that I would guess that wants to be loved, wants to be like, please just see my pain. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so the last thing you want to do is to do anything that will push him away. Oh, of course. Yes. Right. Yeah. But, but that might be the thing that you need to do. Yeah. Do, do I, I understand why? told him. Yeah. Cause I, he needs to figure himself out and I need to get out of his way kind of thing. I've heard you say that. Like, mm-hmm. I know that I am his safety net. I know that he said without me, he's a chaotic mess and I bring him down. And so there's like these pressures of needing to save him and be what he needs. But yet I don't know what he needs or wants or I can't just keep giving like, sorry, this is so confusing. No, you're fine. No, you're, you're great. Um, I know that there's a lot of emotion here. It's just, yeah, it's so much. Uh, 
I just, I know I don't want to feel this way anymore. I just don't know if I can change my words. So getting out of his way, what does that mean? Does that mean leaving? Because I don't know. I, I know that it, it's an option. <clears throat> leaving is one option. We know that getting out of his way could be a, a starting point for getting out of his way might be not taking ownership for anything that's not yours. You know, and so, so when he's gaslighting you, I, I think that's one of the challenges here is, is that you've still got your own identity and desire for love wrapped up into what his responses are to you. And yeah. his responses to you are likely not even about you anymore. They're about his lack of ability to be accountable and humble and take ownership. Yeah, for his own I agree. Life. I agree with that. But, but you're taking everything he does as personal and it causes all this confusion. And I think where Brandon's going with this is, is that if I got into a space where I don't know what the boundary is, and I'll give you a little short example, short story. You know, I'm, I'm a workaholic by nature. And some of our listeners have heard this story before, but my wife came to me a few years ago and she said, Hey, Tyler, I love that you can provide for us, but you're never around. Like, I want to, I want to see you sometimes. Can you carve out some time for us? And I said, yeah, 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 I'll do it. About three months later, I didn't do it. I wonder why she came to me because I'm a workaholic. She came to me again. And she's like, Tyler, I really need your time. Like, I'm going to suggest that you pick one of your days out of the week and you carve out some time and put it on your schedule so that you can spend some time with me and the kids. And I said, yeah, that's a good idea. But then I never did it. And then finally, my wife came to me and she said, Tyler, I'm suggesting you give me Fridays. Why don't you take Fridays and then we will uh, have some family time and some, some couples time and we can nurture our relationship. I said, that's a good idea. But then I never did anything. She finally came to me and said, Tyler, if, if I don't have your Fridays starting next week, I'm leaving. <laughs> she's like, I can, she's like, you can provide for me from a distance. Like I can yeah. still take your money. I can get alimony. I can get child support. But if we don't have a relationship, like where's that going to go? And guess what happened next Friday? I had a clear schedule. <laughs> you know, it's like, wow. Okay. Well, what? Like, because she was, she was willing to speak her needs enough to say, I'm serious about this. Like, this isn't just a like, oh, this would be wonderful. This is, no, this is important to me. And I'm willing to do something to actually show how important it is. Now, you leaving might be the answer. You having a voice might be the answer. You maybe having a little bit of other boundaries without leaving might be the answer. You're the one who gets to decide where those lines are. And the, and the truth is, is that you're likely to only set those lines up to the level that you believe you're worthy of whatever it is you're setting the lines around. Right. Yeah. yeah. So that's the issue here is, is that you're beating yourself up over a past affair. You're swimming in this lack of confidence that's happened from the gaslighting as a result of all the years you're swimming from lack of confidence over not having this connection and relationship that you want it's really difficult to have any teeth to your boundaries until there's some type of belief in yourself that says, no, like I, I really am worthy of these things that I'm saying I want to be, ha have happened in my life. I know that I'm worthy of those things. Yeah, I'm not there. <laughs> Tyler, your wife, that example, I mean, that was an ultimatum. Um, but, and, but that's sometimes what boundaries look like. And, and the, the important part is that 
that she's doing it from her own self-love and her her own self-preservation, not to try to control Tyler. So something inside of her is saying, this is what works for me and this is what doesn't. Here's my truths. Here's my values. And, And it's kind of annoying that I say something to my spouse and he ignores it again and again and again. That's disrespectful. I value respect for myself. Um, and I also value a relationship where we're connected. And so she's fighting for their relationship by having that boundary. And that boundary has everything to do with her and not much to do with Tyler. She's just showing up as her. And so the, the, when we, when we say boundaries, boundaries, Heather are knowing where you stop and they begin. Okay. So the first step to that boundary is, is an understanding within yourself of who you are. It's not about telling him this or that or whatever. It's trusting who you are. And what I'm, what I'm hearing from you is that he's wrapped up in everywhere with who you are. And, and, and so there's this codependency there that's really getting in the way of you being able to say, I know myself, I trust myself and I'm going to show up confident and available for a healthy relationship here. When you do that, if you do that, it's going to create chaos in your relationship. And, and you know that, and that's why it's scary to do it. Yeah. Um, but that chaos could lead to some real shifting, which could lead to some actual healing or that chaos could lead to divorce. Mm-hmm. Um, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So it's a risk for you to actually show up in self-love in your relationship um, and actually give actual intimacy a chance, but it's the only way to go for it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it does. I, I, um, that hasn't been able to happen only because obviously I can't hold my worth there, but every time I try and stand up for what I need or want and, and it, it can come out like as calm as this, like, no, I'm not okay with that. I can't do that. It's a, it's always followed by something that makes me feel small or stupid or insignificant because I feel a certain way or I am putting a boundary up. And then that's when I start to pull those boundaries back because I don't want to feel small or stupid or insignificant or like I'm being a big dramatic baby or, you know, like, the things I'm asking for are very normal and very, um, yeah, to go have coffee. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like, I don't know. Just, I don't know. Heather, you, Heather, uh, sometimes I can be pretty blunt and I'm, that's okay. I'm good with that. (laughs) You sound like an abused spouse. The things Um, that you're saying, you sound like an abused spouse, that the abuse cycle is going on and on in your relationship, whether he's hitting you or not, you sound like you're being abused. um, So he found the, uh, the podcast with Ashlyn and Kobe and, and, you know, you know, because I had heard somewhere about the betrayal trauma and thinking maybe that's what's wrong with me. And he found that, I don't know how, but, the first episode I listened to, I bawled for hours because it finally clicked. Like what was wrong? Like, that's me. That's me. That's me. Well, like that's the first time I had ever heard a validation of what I was feeling or going through. But when I took that to him, it was like, well, I'm not a sex addict. I don't have any issues. I don't look at women. I you're the only one I want. And I'm like, 
No, I, I know that I'm being played like to a certain level of like, I know that I'm being treated not right. Like, but that episode opened up a floodgate to all that of realizing that it's just, hard to hold on to i'm i'm watching your body language and hearing your voice and i'm actually hearing and feeling the word trapped i i I almost get a sense that you're feeling trapped between this place of wanting to choose into a relationship but knowing it's not healthy as it is currently and not knowing what to do to break that feeling of being trapped and then you've gotten an had this like shame of having made a mistake in the past to throw over the top of it to say, don't take any action because it's your fault. Um, and, and so now you're stuck in the real world of your real life right now, which is, is that Brandon's exactly right. There's a pattern going on here. And it's interesting that look at the pattern just for what it is. You finally, you have this thing inside of you, Heather, that never will give up on you. It's your inner light. It's your strength. It's, it's never going to stop working inside of you. And when it finally gets big enough, you finally get enough courage to go to your partner and say, Hey, we need to have coffee together. Or, you know what? I'd love to have some honesty in our relationship. And the minute that you finally get that courage, what happens in the pattern? Smackdown right back. And this is what Brandon was saying earlier. He's, he's asking you to give up your values to keep an unhealthy relationship. And you can see that that's happening. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. exactly what's happening. And then, and then what you do is you end up going, getting smacked down and then you kind of go back into the shadows and you be the good person who helps do the wife stuff, even though like <laughs> you have no connection until you finally get strong enough for a second and then the smackdown happens again. And the, and the hard thing is, is that the stronger you start to get, the bigger the smackdown's going to get until it breaks, until you hold the line to saying, no, like this doesn't work for me anymore. And the weird thing about your relationship is, is that you're playing this game of like really unhealthy emotional leapfrog with each other, where you're chasing him, asking him to be somebody who he's currently not showing up as. And the more you chase him, the more he withdraws or pushes you back. And one of the best things you might be able to do to invite the right kind of relationship with him is to actually slow the approach. And if the relationship's going to be right, he'll learn how to turn around and take accountability. And he'll learn around how to turn around and say, hey, wait a second, this is worth fighting for. But if there's never any space for him to have to do that, you're going to continue to stay in the exact same cycle that you've always been in. I agree. No, there's some other, there's some other things that you need in order to be able to do this because you've got the goodness in you. We know it's in you. We can see it. Brandon and I can see it and feel it trying to come out of you. Um, you need some, you need some support. You need zero support. yeah, Yeah. You need some support. Heather, here's the thing going right along. See, Tyler can be blunt too. Um, Going right along with what Tyler's saying, um, like I, f- I feel like your gut feels and your intuition is pretty strong and pretty important and powerful, and 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 it feels like you don't trust it very well. It's been kind of trampled all over, and so when Tyler brings up support and things like that, um, his job, his job as an emotional abuser is to get you to absolutely question that to think that you can't stand up for it 
to think that it's not okay. And so the, the, uh, what Tyler's saying about the SmackDown in order to, in order to start to get out of a relationship that's abusive, you have to do the opposite thing of what you, what, what you naturally will want to do. And this is why women get stuck in abusive relationships for so long, Mm -hmm. because the bigger I get, the more confident I get, the more empowered I get, I know the stronger the punishment's going to get. And so when you have that support system behind you, you, you need a couple things. You need a support system. You need a safety plan. Um, you need to know where you can go in order to be safe when you need to get some space from him. And I know he's not beating you up or anything like that, but he's beating you up emotionally and spiritually. And so for you to say, I, I'm going to create a, a friend, a place I can go that I can talk this out with. It's really concerning to me when you say, I have nobody. That means you are trapped with him just trying to fix this with him. That's also evidence of what Brandon's yeah. saying, that this yeah. is potentially an, ab- an abusive relationship. Yeah, isolation. When you're totally yeah. alone. I, I didn't used to be. like um, I did hair for 17 years, and uh, a really horrible traumatic event happened in 18, and I had to shut my salon down. I lost so I lost my church. I lost my clients. I lost, I lost everybody. And he was okay with that. I feel like he was okay with that. And I, mm-hmm. I'm a very connected person. Like I need, pe- I know I need people and I know I'm good for people. And I know that I have a lot to give. I just, I don't even know where to begin. I don't know who to trust. I don't know where to start. I just. Do you have a good therapist? <laughs> Um, I have a therapist, but it's, it's, it's more or less to work like through like, um, ADHD, like lifestyle, like coach kind of like, she just kind of helps me like stay on track with my tasks and work through my overwhelming feelings. And, but I don't have, no, I don't have anyone to talk about this stuff with. Um, a lot of that, those, the anxiety and the, the ADHD and those type of things are happening because you're in such an unsafe environment. I never and had anxiety until that day. I, I never once felt that ever. Right. Mm-hmm. And so your safety is the first thing to work on when it comes to those type of things. And so um, if I were your therapist, I'd say, okay, like, let's look at your life and let's start to build recovery capital around you so that you can you can have options rather than being so stuck and so trapped. I'm just asking where Brennan's going is, is that you, you've already let us into where some of your recovery capital could be starting. And you said you had a business. Did you like running your business? I liked the people. Mm -hmm. Did you You like the work? I think I, I do. I did. I just, I got physically burnt out and mentally obviously, but, um, it was more about the connection for me. I mean, I loved what I did, like making people feel good about themselves, but it was, I had a daily connection with people that loved me and I loved them, you know, and like yeah. they, it was, it was a genuine thing. Like, yeah. So, so I wonder, I wonder if, you know, where you start is you start by picking up some of the pieces you surrendered over the years and you, get yourself into a day worth of doing that kind of work. If you enjoyed it and you liked having relationships and helping people. And you sounds like you said you had to give up a church. You need to get back into a church. 
and get some support and some structure around you there. Is that possible, Heather? <sighs> Which part? Yeah. Um, the church, the, the, your reaction to the church thing was interesting. You gave a look that was kind of like, yeah, I'm not going to really do that. No, I, I miss church. I, I grew up in church. This last six years has been the weirdest years in my life. Like nothing has been the same or. And you can't go I mean, back. You can't go back. My, I can. I just. I don't, and I know this is, you probably hear this, I just don't know where I fit anymore because I was so involved. I was so connected. I feel like I've been gone for so long. I feel like I'm gonna, I don't know. It's just fear Mm -hmm. because of what happened. We live in a really small town. It was really traumatic for me. So I just, I don't want to get close to certain people and I I know people are people and I'm not accusing anyone of being not perfect because that's I know that is not a thing but um I don't know what is holding it's just fear it's just fear of rejection I think I just and I am so vulnerable and such a mess right now it's like I don't want to give anyone that like that's not me you know like I'm the funny one. I'm the one that is always cracking jokes and messing with people and loving on people. And like, I feel like I can't, I can't even take care of my own kids the right way. Like, what am I giving anybody if I give myself out there, you know, just but, this burden there, of a person. Heather, is there a person at church that, that you, that you can think of right now that you would think like, maybe they would hear my story and love me? Yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I know there is, I do have a handful of women that I know that I, I know that if I reached out, they would hear me and see me. Yeah. I mean, I would say, could you call one of them today and just say, I've just got all this fear of rejection to come back. um, And I'm just so emotional and I need some support and and some help. So get vulnerable with, with them a little bit. Um, I get, my guess is they would show up with open arms. Oh, I know they would. That's the stupid thing. It's like, why am I not doing it? You know? Yeah. I think it's because I, I don't want my husband to think I'm trashing him or bad talking him or the wife basher, you know, like I grew up with a mom that nagged my dad to no end and I am going to be damned if that's how I'm going to be right. Like I'm not that person, but there's a, there's a way to do it. Do you see how, do you see how he just stepped into your mind to say, no, no, you don't? Oh, yeah. no, you don't. Right. And, and you're in your own mind too, of like, I'm not going to be like my mom. Right. And so let's put, let's notice those voices, his voice, your voice about not being, and, and, and really just look at what you need right now. You, you need support. You need love, um, yeah. you need empathy and connection. And so don't let them and those voices get in the way of you going yeah. to create that. Yeah. I think you need touch points throughout your week, every single week of people at all different levels of connection to give you the support structure and love that you need. And those women at church that you can talk to would be a starting point. Eventually full fellowship back in your church would be helpful. Maybe a day of work. If that helps you feel like you're helping people and connecting with people would be a good thing to have in your life. Maybe a 12 step group, maybe a therapy group, maybe a good therapist that you can talk to. Like the more, the more touch points of connection that you can build into your life that you can 
possibly like establish as a regular thing in your life is going to help give you structure. It's going to give you support. It's going to give you empathy and it's going to help to give you that scaffolding that you need when that light rises up inside of you. And you know, you need to stand up for yourself when the smackdown happens, you're going to fall into those safe places. And they're going to be like, no, hold the line, like protect your values. Like you can do this, you know, and, 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 but but he's going to come in Tyler and say, don't build that scaffolding. That's, that's what I'm saying though, is, is that, and that, and, and even if he says that that's evidence that you're doing the right thing because he's saying, I I don't think he would. You think he'd be okay with it? Oh, he's very supportive. Would he be su- anything I do. Would he be supportive of the conversation we just had with you right here? He would. He would say that, yes, do it, babe. You do what you need to do. He would. Would he agree with everything we just said? He would agree. And that's what is so confusing. Our therapist that we went to, and this is what is really hard in the 30 years that he had done therapy. And this was like a good grounded guy. Like he's a good man. Like I, you know, someone's character integrity, right? So I took this man's really word really seriously in the 30 years. He's never met a con artist as good as my husband. My husband told me this, but won't give me any background on it. Like, why would he say that? I have no idea. Why would you tell me that? Like, he's very good at deflecting. Words are one thing. Like he can say he's supportive and all this stuff, but like, is would he really be supportive of you calling somebody to support you to have boundaries with him? I, I think he well, probably yeah, hate I think that. he would say that whatever I need, but internally, I think that it would come out in a different way. Right. When yes. I do act stronger, I do see a fear in him. Um, when I do try and stand up for myself, it's not as long in between him coming back to me and saying, Hey, you know, I love you. I'm sorry. Uh, those moments aren't Heather. There is a discrepancy between what you, what you feel and what you say about him. Can you see that? Like, because what, what you're saying is how lonely you are, how disconnected you are, how he's not, he doesn't show up. He works all the time. He's, he's all these things. But then there's this other that you say these things like, no, he, he, he does care. He does support. He does all these things. He does. So there's a discrepancy there. Right. The support's there, but it doesn't feel like support. Then it's not support. And it's not support. It might be words. Is the empathy there? Is the, the support is when somebody empowers you, empowers you to be you, to be the best version of yourself without fear of their own needs and who they are. So like, is that, is, is he support in that way? Um, he might say those things. I don't know him. I would love to talk to him to kind of see where he's at with all of this. Yeah. Um, you guys would love him. I know you would. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, yeah, I'd love to talk to him. So invite him on. Um, <laughs> I, I think a lot of the gaslighting and I say abuse that's happening, he probably doesn't even realize that he's doing to you and, and I'm not defending him and saying it's okay. And so if he listens to this, he'll be like, Brandon is so off with what he's saying, because that's not where my heart is. That's not what I'm trying to do. Um, but the fact of the matter is, is here you are crying because you're trapped and 
shut down and second guessing yourself. And a lot of that has to do with your own self and your own work and your own trauma with your mom. And a lot of that has to do with the relationship that you've been in for 22 years. Yeah. Right. So. Well, he is curious what you guys have to say about him. So. <laughs> I want, I'd, I'd love to give him a chance to actually meet him. Yeah, no, yeah, he would, he would do it. Yeah. Heather, we're getting a little bit short on time. I've got a couple of thoughts, but before I ask them, I mean, before I say them, just where are you at emotionally right now after talking with us? Honestly, not being able to talk to anybody about this and get any kind of sound advice, it's, it's, it feels incredible, but um, I don't know. I feel like I have somewhere to start, even though it's like small in my head, but like just having a stepping stone of knowing that I am okay to get help. I am. It is okay for me to reach out and make connections again. Like, those little things like I just I needed to hear from somewhere so I feel I feel secure in those little things like in myself like I can do that I can start there but I it's scary it is scary because you say like it's it's been abusive for so long and I I think I've just been in denial for a really long time Mm -hmm. That that hurts the the naive feeling. Yeah. So so just a couple of like real basic logistical things here. First principles. One is your safety comes first, and I mean that emotionally and physically. So whatever you need to do to have safety, whether that's physical or emotional distance, whether that's building a team, whether that's having some boundaries whatever it is, you need to have that because that anxiety that you feel won't really come down until there's some level of safety. All right. And then there needs to be some groundedness. So being able to like take care of yourself with a few things each day, you know, something tactile to your touch, a hot bath or some breathing out in nature or something just to keep yourself grounded. And then, and then the next step I think is to make sure, and this is, I'm I'm begging you to please go put yourself back in the realm of developing a social network system and at all levels, whether a deep recovery level, maybe 12 step or a group therapy or a good therapist, church level, career level, whatever you need, start developing a full network. Again, you need that network. That's a must. That's an absolute. And I would shift your therapist. I either say to your therapist, like, Hey, we got to work on something different or I, or you need to go to a different therapist. Um, who's gonna who's gonna work with you on this ground level safety first and foremost? Yeah, well, I don't. I definitely don't think she's that kind of a therapist. Like, I need a therapist. Yeah, I definitely need a therapist. Yeah. Which COVID really screwed that up out here, but it's hard to find somebody. I, I can help you get a therapist. Tyler can too if you need one. So that would be great. Nothing, nothing stopping you, Heather. We can do this we can cool. we can get you the resources you need so thank you um that's a lot to unpack in the amount of time that we had and and i know there's still some uh some ner- kind of n- nerves out there in terms of if there's pain out there we haven't so- sewn it all up today i'm sure our audience is feeling that way i'm sure you're feeling that way heather so um i hate to leave it here but we have to Um, but it's good to know that you're feeling some level of release and some level of direction and moving forward. Mm -hmm. And, um, 
like your, your heart is, is so good, Heather, and it, it being trapped, that's not okay. And so I know I'm going to speak for Tyler right now too, but for me and Tyler, it just is like, it breaks our heart because we want you to experience all the love that you deserve in your life. And so, um, we, you know, we, we fight like hell for you for, for an hour here on the podcast, but I hope that you go fight for yourself. Yeah, I definitely feel like I have a stepping stone now. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Yeah. You're welcome. Yes. Thank you, Heather, for your willingness to come on and share today. It's definitely been vulnerable and real. And, you know, to our listeners who are listening to this, if you feel connected to Heather, if you want a way to support her, <laughs> you know, obviously you can send out a review on the iTunes review system, or you could message me or Brandon directly and we can pass those things along. But, but I promise you, Heather, that what you've shared today is hitting some nerves for a lot of people and you're not alone. And uh, so thank you for your willingness to come on and share. Yeah, of course. Thank you. Okay. Have a nice day. We'll see you guys. You too. Bye-bye.